This is the World Industrial News for Thursday, September 15th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part two of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Well, the, the reason I broke it down into three reasons is that the grid's a very complex thing. It's, it's all connected together. So a uh, earthquake in Southern California can cause a power plant in Utah to, to die. So I wanted to break it down into really simple what we have to do. Resiliency means we have to be able to withstand very large nonlinear events. Those today are primarily the weather. They could be wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, fires, could be any of those. Resiliency is the term used in the industry that says we need to operate as best we can through these large nonlinear events. The second thing is we have to be able to get the power from where it's generated to where it is used. Most of the ideas behind sustainability is we're going to use more renewable power. The renewable power is primarily, in this country, solar and wind. The great resources for solar and wind don't happen to be in the cities. So somehow we have to get that power from places like Western Kansas to Seattle. The third thing is that we simply can't operate the way we always have. In the past, a lot of the stability comes from over-design. But in the new world, we have limited resources and we have to use a bare minimum of those. The most powerful tool we have available is new technology. And that's why I broke it down into basically three different buckets. Perfect. Thank you, Pat. <clears throat> that definitely lays a foundation for this discussion, and it opens the door for, for many questions, I'm sure. Mona, can you talk to us about the infrastructure bill, the breakdown, you know, what it contains, what it means for utilities throughout the U.S.? Absolutely, Megan. Um, and before I do so, I'd love to take a moment and step back and just appreciate this historic moment in time. Uh, the last time we had an infrastructure bill of this magnitude was likely under FDR, the New Deal. And so we are looking at $1.2 trillion in total spending. That's $550 billion in new spending, new spending that addresses many of the issues that, that Pat just outlined. Um, and when we're thinking about infrastructure, the definition of infrastructure has expanded greatly in our time. What used to just mean roads, bridges, highways. And now this infrastructure bill encompasses transportation, transit, energy, water sectors, uh, the utility uh, grid, and also thinking about environmental uh, environmental elements um, that are part of our uh, overall national infrastructure. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. 
Historically low coal inventories mean U.S. natural gas consumption is at a record high, begging the question of just how tight the global market will get should domestic demand stunt exports. Henry Hub, the U.S. benchmark for the price of natural gas, was trading at around $8.30 per million British thermal units early Wednesday. At this time last year, the price was around $3.40, and in its monthly market report for September, September, the U.S. Energy Information Administration raised its forecast for Henry Hub to $9 for the fourth quarter. Despite this, the EIA said it expected demand from all natural gas end users to increase this year. When natural gas is priced this high, users typically look for alternatives, but those alternatives are at a premium in the domestic market. As demand for natural gas grows across the U.S., power producers are struggling to keep up. Combined cycle projects are as popular as ever, but some are being combined with other energy sources, such as hydrogen, in an effort to nudge the industry further toward renewable projects. Industrial Info is tracking about $3.5 billion worth of natural gas-fired power generation projects that are set to begin construction in the fourth quarter of 2022, more than 60% of which is attributed to a pair of projects on the U.S. Gulf Coast. Colombia's National Liberation Army, better known as the ELN, expects dialogue with the Colombian government to restart in the coming weeks, which could ease tensions and attacks on the nation's oil and gas infrastructure. The information emerges following an interview between the organization's top negotiator and EFE. ELN negotiator Israel Ramirez Pineda, whose nom de guerre is Pablo Beltran, seemed optimistic about the restart of the negotiations that could end the guerrillas' armed conflict in Colombia. Nevertheless, he kept his reservations about the total surrendering of arms to the government due to the killings of former guerrilla soldiers after the 2016 peace treaty, which was signed with the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia according to the information shared by EFE. And Danish chemical technology company Topso has made a final investment decision to construct the world's largest solid oxide electrolyzer cell electrolyzer manufacturing plant in Herning, Denmark. The $2,284,000,000 project is the largest investment in the company's 80-year history as it sets out to become a leading player in the provision of hydrogen production technology in the fast-growing power to x market for details on these and other breaking news read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com i'm peggy tuck reporting for industrial info news